When I need to send cash fast, the Western Union app is my go-to. And now you can send up to $500 for a $5 fee worldwide. All you have to do is download the app, choose the pay in cash option, then come in and pay at a participating Western Union agent location. Download the Western Union app today. Welcome to BassCast Radio, bringing you the best in local and national news in bass fishing, as well as interviews with some of the best anglers from all over the U.S. With your host, Brian Carter and Bruce Callis. guys we're back another great episode of bass cast radio what's going on brother bruce oh nothing much man enjoying this beautiful weekend oh yeah she's she's been a warm one she's been a warm one oh but beautiful oh yeah i know but heck it sure beats that ice cold one yeah that's a hundred percent true yeah so, yeah. so, what's been going on in your world, Mr. Bryant? Well, we had the Bass Cast Tournament Trail stop number two yesterday at the Smith Mountain Lake State Park, and um, ended up having 27 boats compete in that. Um, Mark Wynn uh, ended up winning it, and his partner, Mr. Nichols, had 17 pounds, what it took to win it, so congratulations to them. And that's really about it. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. Today's Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to everyone. Yes, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yep, so that's that's really about it. been going on around here. I mean, we, like I said, yesterday spent most of the day on Smith Mountain Lake. And then uh, today we hung out the fam for a little bit. And uh, now we're back here doing Bass Cast Radio. Heck yeah. Of course, I had a busy weekend. Oh, yes, yes. I know that for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, yeah, we had the uh, Cast for Kids event on the James River yesterday. Um, it was a great turnout. Um, we had uh, 40 kids, and um, I'd like to thank all the volunteers and captains that came out, um, because without them... We couldn't make it happen. That's but, uh, true. They took the kids out. It was a nice, warm, beautiful day. Uh, the kids got out. They caught fish. 
Um, I know one of them had at least a pound and a half bass they caught first time, so that was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Wetline Productions was there, and they were doing a lot of the photography for us, and uh, then we had all of our, we even had Mr. Jacob Stevens, but we don't know him, <laughs> do we? Nah. <laughs> he was there, and he actually took he took the kids out. Uh, and, uh, I mean, we had um, Hooker Bait and Tackle was out there. Uh, Bill Lewis with Diablo Jigs, he was out there. Yep, yep. I mean, it I was saw a the great picture. time. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to leave early uh, just before they served lunch to all the kids, so I didn't eat. I had to come all the way back home and go to a wedding. Mm-mm-mm. Or was that a funeral? Okay, it was both. But it was ah. when my nephew got married. Uh, the only thing I couldn't figure out was they never asked if there's anyone that could object. They never asked, so I couldn't stand up. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I asked my nephew if I could do it, and he said, only if I could throw something at you. <laughs> I said, as long as I can duck. <laughs> That's too funny. I mean... Yeah, and then today, uh, of course, Mother's Day, the, at church, all the men had to stand up and serenade the women, so. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, they got lucky. They didn't have to listen to me this year. I had to run the PA system, so that was the end of that. Um, then I went fishing this afternoon, and I actually did buzz bait tonight. I used a Bucktail Johnny uh, single buzz. Oh, man. I was having a high old time out there. I mean, the buzz bait ran true and straight every time. And, I mean, they were just killing it. I I think about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and I caught uh, eight or nine while wow. I was there. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was just getting out and having a little fun. Sorry, Snooky, I had to do it. But uh, we got out and had a great time. Um, you know, I got out there and did that. and Just trying to unwind a little bit. And then back here tonight, so uh, we could talk on the BassCast radio and talk about all the great things that are going on around uh, everywhere. Uh, oh, yeah. Big tournament wins that were going on. Yeah, you guys, if you guys didn't Get see. ready for. Talking about tournament wins. Like Go ahead. You, like you were saying, you know, Wesley Schrader, you know, won a second bass event in like two weeks. That's pretty freaking awesome. Yep. Plus, he's our guest, one of our guests tonight. To yeah, then you have to turn around and drive to Texas real quick. Oh, yeah, the Texas bass. Yeah, Texas stuff. Yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. I like to go to one that's of those. this week. Yeah, it's this weekend for those who are playing fantasy. Oh, I know. For those playing fantasy fishing with the Bass Cast, please make sure you make make your picks. And uh, yeah, another big oh, event. Definitely. Yeah, so I mean, I mean it's great. I mean everything's going good. I mean she, the boys on the roll. Oh yeah, Wesley definitely is. Definitely true, guys. But, uh, guys, we got a. Uh, I don't know. Bassmaster Elite Angler Day, uh, Wesley Schrader, like we were saying earlier, is going to be on tonight's show. 
Mr. Kevin Van Dam, and uh, FLW Pro David Williams. It's going to be a great show tonight, so I'm yeah, glad you guys are. Yep, yep. So, it's been a busy... Uh... Aren't they fishing this weekend, too? Uh, they had a Costa event, but that was it. This weekend, but I mean, this coming weekend. Oh, I don't know. There's so many people. There's so many. I got, this coming weekend, I've got English Choice. I'll be on the road covering that. And, like Bruce said, there's Bassmaster Elite event, FLW event. If you can't find a tournament you want to fish at your level... You just ain't looking, because they're out there. They're everywhere. Come look on our, come look on the Basscast. That's right. We're trying to share every last one of them that are out there, so that you can uh, definitely find one. Um, there's always some something local, I know. It's just hard sometimes to find those real local ones that you can go in. Um, you know, because you just got to find the right person to talk to. Yeah, uh, Bruce. Yeah, that's real small little club. Yeah, it, uh, Bruce tries to share as well as a couple other guys that are part of the team as many as the events that we see on Facebook. If you're not following us on Facebook, thebasscast.com, please do so, as well as Instagram. Because when we see stuff like that, we just reshare it. It's sometimes just a little too much to add to the website, but um, and half and a lot of people. I don't want to say they don't promote it too. You don't want to promote it too far out. So usually by the time we see it, it's Wednesday or Thursday, and event Saturday. So yeah, please make sure you um, pay attention to our Facebook page. Check it daily because we are always posting stuff, tournament results. I'm getting so many results now. I'm spreading them out over a five day period, and. Like I was saying, we're throwing, you know, I throw a few boats in from BassBoatForSale.com, one of our sponsors. Check out that if you're looking to buy a boat or sell a boat. And then, like Bruce was saying earlier, some of these small clubs events, like our little Hill City Bassmasters that we have, $50 entry fee. We try to post that on there as well to keep you guys up to date with that. So, and if you want to join our club. Yeah, and we try to put on. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah. And we try to put up, yeah, we try to put up all the college uh, stuff that's going on too, like uh, JMU, Virginia Tech, all those. We try to put those up so that we're sharing it with everybody so that they can see, because they have, that's how they raise money to go to events. Um, you know, that, I'm sorry, college kids are not rich. Uh, nobody's handing them all this money. Um, yes, we have some sponsors that help them out. Um, as far as baits, things like that, but it's not anything that pays for their tournament. Oh yeah, that's so true. So they have, yeah, they have tournament local tournaments to raise money to go to the more national events, and that's what they're. It's like a Virginia Tech. I shared one on Facebook. It's an open. Yeah, that's tournament, this weekend, isn't it? And it's to raise money to send their team. I'm not sure. Was it this weekend? Yeah, I think it's the 20th, I believe, is when it is. So it's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's those things that, you know, we want people to know that, hey, if you 
if you don't fish the tournaments and you want to go fish this to help support the college kids, here's an opportunity to do it. Uh, of course, there's on Smith Mountain Lake, so there's plenty of studs out there that could go out and have some fun and support the colleges and things like that. Um, yeah, that um, that event is you know, Sunday. That event, Bruce, is Sunday, May 20th at 6.30 a.m. is what time they're launching, and it's on Smith Mountain Lake, like you were saying. Um, Bruce, yeah, and I think... Go ahead. I was getting ready to say, isn't there Liberty got one coming up too? I, I'm I not don't, sure. I can't remember. I, all I don't have it on my on the on the Basscast Facebook page, but um, you did share an event. I believe it was you or someone else. Yeah, you did. Um, the kids fishing derby. The one down the free kids fishing day. Yep, Saturday, June is second from eight thirty a.m. to twelve thirty p.m. And that's a um, it's called Waller Mill Park. 901 Airport Road, Williamsburg, Virginia, is where that one is. Yeah. Yes. June 2nd is a big uh, big day for a lot of the free kids fishing. Yes, it is. So check with all your Virginia Department of Game and Inland Fisheries and everything to see what's going on, because there are a lot going on that day. I know I've got one here locally that I help with that uh, I'm going to be doing. So that's for, it's a free fishing weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they normally do it, a lot of them will do it at that point, because that way if the adults are out there, and they're helping them, then they don't have to worry about someone saying, well, the adult doesn't have a license, right. so they can't do it, and that's why they do it, that's the real reason they do it on those free weekends, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing, no matter where you are, check them, there's a lot of kids, free kids fishing uh, and a lot of them have uh, goodie bags for the kids, and a lot of them have free lunches for the kids. Maybe it's just hot dogs, but hey, I'll take a drink and a hot dog for lunch. That's Especially true. when I don't have to pay for it. That is definitely true. Oh. So, yeah, like Bruce is. Just get out there and get involved. Like Bruce is saying, make sure you guys check out these uh, upcoming events. Um, if you need, if you want to, um, send us an event that you have up and coming, please do so. And, uh, we'll get it up on the, um, Facebook page as soon as possible. But, uh, please, you know, allow a couple days, you know, before the event. Um, you guys can message me or you can message Bruce. And, uh, like I said, we'll get it up there for you guys and, um, we'll start sharing. Oh, definitely. All right, share guys. Share it on our page. and yep. we'll Share it on our pages. And so it's just getting the word out. That's true. You can't build up your tournament unless you get the word out. And that's the big thing. All but right, We guys. don't want to overwhelm them either. Nah, that's true, too, because there is so much going on. I mean, like it, like we were saying, I mean, there's, there's so many events each and every weekend, you know, the, the lake's full, and it's getting ready to be party time on the lake, especially Smith Mountain Lake. It, you know, after yesterday, there are lots of pleasure boats out, and uh, a lot of sea dues, and a lot of tickets being written, and you know, all that good fun stuff that happens at your uh, Virginia State Parks and other state parks. So, it is what it is. Just be safe out there, everybody. 
definitely. All right, let's get this thing rolling. All right, guys, tonight the show is sponsored by Bucktail. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. What? Go ahead, boss. All right, Bucktail. No, go ahead. I was going to say something. Go ahead. Okay, Bucktail Johnny's as well as Combat Wipes. Guys, if you haven't checked out Combat Wipes, you need to do so. Combat Wipes is a new brand of 100% biodegradable outdoor wipes. We love being outdoors while keeping nature and ourselves clean. From our combat experience to our outdoor adventure, Combat Wipes were designed by ex-military elite unit soldiers who also gained extensive experience in wet wipe production. All products are 100% biodegradable and dissolve completely after up to 90 days in soil and compost. Each pack of wipes is a pocket-sized, incorporating a thick, square texture cloth with antibacterial soothing lotion. Each wipe is folded on its own, so no need to struggle with pushing back the next one. Products are designed for any outdoor activity, from hiking to camping and fishing, and also for the festivals. For products available, guys, the Acta for any outdoor activity, the Commando, a unique charcoal black cloth for special camouflage and night situations, the GAIA, Goddess of the Earth, a woman's hygiene wipes for the intimate hygiene anywhere, the dry out body size dry disposable towels for drying off on any wet, muddy, or dirty situation, available currently on Amazon, so please make sure you go check that out, and like Bruce is saying, Bucktail Johnny's, you know, he's trying them out, um, want to thank these two great sponsors, and, you know, we couldn't do it without our regular sponsors, guys, they actually make it all happen, Lynchburg Arms and Indoor Shooting Range, Conrad Brothers Marine, BassBoatForSale.com. Looking to buy a boat or sell a boat? Do it all on BassBoatForSale.com. Stanton River Outdoors, Dick Sporting Goods, the sponsor of our Big Bass Lunker for the 2018 Bass Cast Tournament Trail. Come on out June the 9th. Smith Mountain Lake Parkway Marina is our next one. We will be launching at 6 a.m. everyone, so please come early. Hookfish Performance. Franklin Outdoors, franklinoutdoors.online. Check them out. You guys saw, I hope you guys saw the live video I did at Franklin Outdoors a couple weeks ago. It's a great store. He keeps adding more and more, and it keeps growing, and he keeps selling it. So please check that out, and um, thank you to them for sponsoring tonight's show of BassCast Radio. Definitely. All right, guys, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Mr. Wesley Strader. Looking to get a new kayak or canoe this year? We'll come by Stan River Outdoors and see our selection of Pelican boats. We have sit-in, sit-on, regular, and angler, not to mention the Pelican 15-and-a-half-foot canoes. Want something special like a canoe or kayak not in stock? a John boat, a Bass Raider, or a paddle boat, come in and place your order before February 10th and receive a special deal. We're located at 508B Pennsylvania Avenue in Alta Vista, Virginia, or call us at 434-608-2601. Stand River Outdoors for all your outdoor needs. 
points, cash, gear, sports. With a Dick Scorecard, you earn points on all your purchases and get 3% back in rewards and access to exclusive deals and events. It's simple. Points lead to cash to buy gear so you can play more sports. Get your Dick Scorecard and start earning reward certificates today. Every season starts at Dick's. All right, guys, we are back with Wesley Strader. What's going on, Wesley? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How about you? Guys, if you haven't been living up underneath a tree, Wesley Strader, once FLW Pro, career earnings at $1.5 million, three career tournament wins, four top ten finishes, 273 total events fished FLW and 17 cup appearances and you've been a pro for 21 and now 22 years I want to no, start no that's, uh, that's that's a little misleading let's just say 20 that 21 is I got to fish one tournament in 97 so I don't even count that as a full career that's okay. just one tournament that's awesome let's, let's make me as young as that's cool um so let's get into the let's 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 get into this real quick right here um flw top of the freaking game you know 17 cup appearances what made you in 2018 make the switch to bass Man, it's really I don't. It's one of those gut, gut. I just went with my gut because I, I qualified for the elites. Yeah, this was the third time that I think it's the third time I did. I know two for sure. The other one was like questionable. I think I was like, you know, if they called down the list, I would have made it. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just I had a my gut was just telling me to do it, and. I just felt like that this was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up because this, you know, it being maybe the third time that I qualified that I probably shouldn't turn this down. It's a little late in life and mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And my gut's telling me to do it. And I'm kind of glad I did it. That's awesome. You know, we, you know, we always, you know, the sport itself as a whole, you know, sponsors are a key and are, you know, key with any sport. Um, how, what was this? What was some of your sponsors' response when you went to them and said, "Hey, guys, I'm looking at making the swap, man. I'm going to Bass. What you know?" They, they, you know, everyone. My sponsor said, "Whatever you want to do, we're beside you, and you do what you feel like you need to do." And I, you know, when they said that, I said, "You know, that's I'm just." And I, I tell you another deciding factor on it. You know, Hell's Construction is my title sponsor. Mm-hmm. And when the, and I was really iffy iffy on if I was going to do it, but my gut was telling me to do it. And then they announced what is it the Texas the Texas that Toyota Texas yep. Bass Fest yeah the Bass think, Fest yeah when they announced when they announced it being in on Lake Travis, uh, Hellas Construction their home office is in Austin Texas so That's that awesome. kind of pretty much you know they uh, they took a big chance on me and I felt like I owed it to them to be there in their home their hometown representing them having one of the only boats that's uh sponsored by hellas construction there representing them in their hometown so 
so that was a no-brainer. When they announced that, I said, all the signs are saying go, and I didn't hesitate. I went. Has there been any, you know, making a swap? You've been with FLW for so long, moving over to Bass. You know, there's growing pains, which, is, which you know, I guess with the move, you, you know, go ahead. No, the, the, you know, not really. I mean, a lot of the guys that are over there, I mean, pretty much, I ain't going to say all of them, but about 90% of them, you know, fished FLW at one time, oh, yeah. and I knew them, and, and, and uh, that part, you know, not so much. Is I'll tell you the hardest part on the switch was me leaving all of my friends that I had at FLW, like mm-hmm. Scott Suggs and Luke yeah. Duncan and, and Brad Knight and, you know, the guys that I'm just really tight with, Andy Morgan, and those guys that I just, you know, it's like family. And now I'm not going to go see that part of my family, and I've kind of like I've, you know, now I'm switching families, I guess you would say. I'm being adopted by another family. So uh, I won't get to see those guys as often. And that was the roughest part. I mean, it's, you know, got a lot of really good friends on, on the other side. and Right. And uh, that that was the hardest part about anything. The the fishing part, the swapping part, no problem. It's the friends that you're leaving behind that you don't get to see quite as often as you would if you were still over. I know the entry fee is a little bit more when you've made the swap to bass, and I know that's a sticker shock to a lot of people, but a little bit more money being paid out. Well, yeah, but also you get, uh, here's the thing with that. I mean, I know it's a little bit more money, but... I just feel like your exposure is a little bit more. I mean, it's, I mean, I can tell you firsthand just by what happened this past Monday, my phone has just never stopped ringing ever. Like it's, it's on vibrating at 24 seven. It's vibrating. So, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty humbling. You know what I mean? Just to see, uh, that part of it. Yeah, we're in a. I'm in Virginia, like I told you. We're in a big federation. I mean, Bass Federation, Virginia Bass Federation. I mean, tons of members, a great following here in Central Virginia. And I have to say, here we're in Bass Nation. I mean, FLW. You know, a lot of people do fish it, but bass takes preference right here in Central Virginia. And the following, like yeah, I said, and, and here's the thing, and, and here's the thing, I, I, I get there's a need for both i'm never gonna say anything bad about fw oh, no. there's a need for both because here, here's the thing you, you you may have a guy uh and this is the way i look at it. you may have a guy that wants to start his fishing career tomorrow okay uh he don't want to have to wait two three four years or maybe never qualify for the elite right so there's an avenue for that guy to compete you know against the top notch top notch anglers in the world too, and and get his feet wet and be able to maybe make a career out of fishing. That's needed, you know what I'm saying. So um, it, it's it's a needed venue, and I, let's be honest, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for FLW. There you go. All right, looking back on your FLW career, and you know moving forward into bass. What was a memorable moment that you could take away from FLW? Uh, you know, winning, I would have to say winning Lake Wachita in 2002 and uh, my father being there. And I think it was on Father's Day. When, when is Father's Day? I can't even remember. When's oh, Father's Day? Kid, God, is it, I don't remember. Is it March? 
I believe so. I think it's in March. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was on Father's Day. Uh, and I won that event, and Dad was there. He worked for FLW at the time. And, man, I just I, – I'll never forget that as long as I can live. I can remember my dad screaming in the background when I won. When, and uh, ne- I never forget it. You know, that's my first major victory, and, and it took me a little while to get it. I think it took me four five – let's see – me uh four five years wow so uh never will forget that ever well last question about the flw then we're gonna move into this tournament right here how do you think flw prepared you for your next step to fish the Bassmaster elite series it's it's it's, uh you know over the years i got into where i I've always been, you know, just that guy that fishes up shallow and can figure mm-hmm. things out a little bit. But it th- those pressure situations, you know, like being under the gun to make a cut or being under the gun to, you know, to to perform, you know, uh, right. to make the, the championship year after year after year after year. And, and just seeing different, you know, bodies of water and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I've... I've just seeing different lakes and stuff like that you know uh, i don't think if i would have been a guy fishing the opens and i had qualified in my first year and went straight to the elites i don't think i would have done that well Uh, i think uh the years that i've spent at flw and competing against some pretty dad blame good fish oh yes uh has prepared has prepared me for where i'm at now that's awesome all right, so let's go into Kentucky Lake, man. Your first uh, Bassmaster Elite victory. Did you ever think it would happen this fast? No, I, I, I really didn't. Uh, but I was open for the opportunity. Oh, we all are definitely that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really, you know, going into Kentucky Lake, I really like the first day. I didn't have a good day the first day of practice um i think i had five maybe five keeper bites all day long but i saw that the water was really it was probably uh you know foot and a half higher than it should be right and i could see that it was uh it was falling and yeah that's a big helicopter going over me right now uh but it was falling mm-hmm. and you know tva has an app and on the app, I looked and I could see that it was going to drop until about the first, the last day of practice, it was going to get down to 359, 32. And I could see, you know, the extended forecast where it was going to fluctuate maybe a tenth or two up or down. So right. that told me it was going to stabilize. So I knew that things were working. I won't say they were working in my favor, but I knew the fish were fixing to start doing what they should be doing with the water in the bushes. Right. So your practice as a whole, good, bad? Uh, you know, the first day was not so good. Second day was, you know, I got a little something the second day. I probably had 30 bites the second day. Okay. And then the last day, uh, I probably had eight or nine bites, but they were the bites that you needed, and it really clued me in on what I really need to be doing. All right, so... Going into the event, you felt really good. And uh, day number one, let's see here. 
Day number one, you start off with uh, five 19, fish. Six. Yeah, nineteen point oh six. Um, day two was seventeen thirteen, and day three you had the biggest bag overall of twenty two oh six, and the fourth day you had twenty eleven for a total weight of eighty point oh four pounds for the event. Take take us through day one, man. Let's let's. We'll just start you know, there. day one, yeah, day one, I, I started out on a shad spawn deal, and I caught, uh, I think I caught two. I ran to one area, caught one there, and, you know, while it was still low light, I ran to the other area, and I caught one there, and I lost a great big one. So I had three, three, you know, keeper bites within, you know, the first hour of the tournament, and uh, it was overcast and was raining, I thought the shad spawn would be a little bit better, but it yes. wasn't. And so about 10 o'clock, I ran north up around Blood River, maybe a little past, past Blood River. And I started on uh, an area there, and I had shook some off in that area. And, uh, you know, just I was slipping, and I needed the sun to come out. And the sun popped out for about an hour, and I caught a six, a three-something, and a four-something within five minutes. And so I knew I caught about what I thought I could catch. I didn't think I could catch more than that. Uh, so I decided to run way south and check some stuff that I would normally catch them pretty good okay. in May. And, uh, you know, spent the rest of the day doing that and um, uh, didn't have a bite for three hours. I mean, the water had gotten down where I thought it should be and just, it was just the bite was non existent. So I ended up. Uh, I ran some little pockets, and I ended up culling the two smallest fish that I had on a frog uh, late that day, and I figured something out on the frog. I finally, you know, they started biting the frog finally, but I knew it was a later-in-the-day deal. Okay. Day two, things changed up a little bit. Seventeen thirteen, you brought in. Yeah, day, day two. two. Go ahead. Yeah, day two, I decided I didn't, yep. 1713 and i decided to not go back to the first spot that i had started in because i didn't get but one bite and that really didn't say a lot of shad activity so i decided to go back to where i caught the second keeper and uh, i lost the big one uh and as soon as i pulled up i just went to throttle them i mean i was catching them ever cast for for a while and i think it had like maybe 13 uh, i think it maybe 13 or 13 pounds or so right off the bat off that one spot and it was it, it was a shad spawn deal and i was throwing a bango blade spinner bait and a ph custom lures uh wesley secret in a uh colors called something special right and then after that i kind of just started dobbing around in the bushes again and i uh, ended up culling two out out of the bushes and that's pretty much for the it for the day i never uh really never upgraded the um that was it. I just never got a real, really good big bite that day. They were all pretty much, you know, cookie cutters. And then the final two days, 20-plus pounds a day. I mean, what changed for you the final two days? Uh, you know, I started back in there the second. The the final two days, I started there. Same thing. Went back to the area that the shed spawn was going on, and it was a lot tougher there the right. third day i ended up catching one about five and another one about three on the the same crankbait that i just just mentioned uh and then after that 
uh, just by chance. This is one of those things, you know, when you know things are going right. I went to a, I went to a set of docks that I normally get bit on, and I usually catch them flipping on these docks. And uh, I hadn't really been bit good flipping docks. I mean, it was really weird. I just I don't know what the deal was. But I actually took that crankbait and I cast it under one of the walkways and I caught a five pounder and I caught it outside the mouth in the nose. And uh, I said, I might be on the something. So I went to the next dock, done the same thing, and I caught a four pounder. And I ended up uh, catching up, I would say, around 19 pounds or so doing that. And then uh, late in the evening, I really wasn't, no flipping bites on the third day, not one flipping bite, and I flipped a bunch. And late in the day, I, uh, I think the camera guys were with me. I said, look, I'm going to run to this one spot. I said, it's a late in the day deal. It's a, I can get bit on a frog. And I ran in there, and uh, I actually, I caught that 513 with about 30 minutes to go before I had to leave. And I actually caught another one, 3-1 or 3-2, that called out one of the smaller ones. So that ended up getting my 22-11. And pretty much the day four, uh, same thing. I went and started on the shad spawn deal. Nothing, not a bite, and I knew it, wow. was, it was dying out. Where I was at, so I made I made an adjustment, and, and uh, I went to an area that had some docks, some more docks, and uh, tried the walkway thing with the crankbait. wasn't working, and I picked up my bango blade spinnerbait and started casting it to the floats. And I don't, for some reason, the fish had moved from the walkways to the floats, and ended up catching a, a decent lemon probably 14, 15, 14 pounds or so off those docks on a spinnerbait. And I think I might have caught, I caught one pretty good one on a buzzbait. And then uh, some just told me, man, just turn back around and go through that pocket again, but just flip. And uh, ended up going back through that pocket, lost a great big one. The first one I hooked, I lost it. And then after that, I, I kind of got keyed in on what actually they were on. And uh, pretty much that was it. I caught uh, three more really good ones and uh you know called out three of my smallest ones and ended up with 20 20 pounds and 11 ounces the last day why do you think the docks play such a major role in this final couple of days uh i just think it's i don't i, I don't really know i think uh, the some of those fish were leaving okay and that's just the last place they stopped before they head to the ledges uh and you know i didn't you know never caught a giant off the docks, but mm-hmm. they were you know solid you know, solid three to five pound fish. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they got on them. I just, uh, it's just one of the things. I just went and checked it and it just happened to work out. So tell us about this, uh, spinner bait that you're using that, um, helped you win this thing. It's a, it's a bait that I designed for, uh, Stan Sloan, uh, Zorro. And it's, uh, it's a, I was actually throwing a five eight ounce chartreuse and white with a zoom split tail, trailer on it and it had a number three and a half uh colorado and a number four gold in indiana and the, the spinnerbait is a thirty thousandth wire so it's real it's real small wire it puts out a lot of vibration and anytime you can get away with smaller wire with with more vibration you're going to get a lot more bites so uh i just think i had the right blade combination for the shad i mean uh you know you don't want to you don't want a, a spinnerbait's got too big of blades on it when they're when when the shatter spawning because mm-hmm. uh, most of the bait I saw was probably two to three inches long and you know that blade's a little, little bit smaller and it just kind of mimicked those uh, those thread fin that were spawning and I think that was the whole key you know just uh, 
plus it gives it a little bit of lift it doesn't let it get so far down under the dock and that was another key those fish are right underneath those floats and you know within two foot of the float you know underneath them and uh i think that was one of the keys some of the water temperatures what you were finding throughout this event yeah you know that was another thing i was going to mention um the uh i've never seen the water temperatures in the first of may on kentucky lake in the 60s i mean like uh it would start out in the low 60s and get up to the mid to upper 60s. I think right. it one only one time during the tournament it got up to 70, 70 something. Wow. Yeah, the water temperature around here has finally made it up in the 70s, but that's what it's been around here for the last week or two. With this, you know, it's been a crazy winter. Um, you know, you yeah. never we never thought winter was going to finally let go. When it did, it you know. It busted right into spring, and hopefully it don't bust right into summer like it has been being. But do you think you know something? Yeah, let's let let's not, let's let's don't hope for that because I don't like I don't like the heat. I like it cool. Me too. <laughs> what do you think about the conditions themselves? You know, being being you know coming from like you're saying the water temperature being cool, and hopefully you know busting into spring right here. helping you with this win um i I think what it done it just kind of slowed everything down the process everything down like you i mean as you can see those guys call them several different ways some of them but nobody really caught them offshore like you know out on the drops or anything so you know there was a lot of i won't say a lot of post-spawn fish but i would say 50 percent were post-spawn but they were still up shallow waiting on that shad spawn to happen and um you know it, it just um i think it had more to do with the with the water getting okay. settled and and the fact that uh you know the water was high when it first started practicing mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of bites being generated and it, it just i think it just kind of worked in my favor because i've you know i've lived on the tennessee river all my life and i've seen those conditions you know time and time again and and uh just been able to adjust with that i think that was one of the, one of the main keys that was one of my questions right there. You know what? You know each and every time. You know you you we fish an event or fish a tournament. You know there's always a takeaway from that event, whether you win or lose. There's a takeaway. And you know what seemed to be one of your takeaways from this event. You know uh, the same thing. Usually I take away from everyone. I'm just trust your gut and do what you know. You know as you can see. I mean if you watch live or anything. You could see I picked up a lot of different baits and throwed a lot of different baits, and and that's what I was trying to do. I was just trying to use the right bait for the right situation. Um, you know, if I if I pulled into an area and it looked like a, a buzz bait spot, I picked the buzz bait up. If I, right. you know, if I put went to a place that looked like a crank bait spot, I throw the crank bait. I just tried to use the right lure for the right type of terrain or the right type of cover. You know, what I mean that. something that was the most efficient. And uh, that's that's just what I tried to do. I tried to just keep an open mind and just roll with the flow. I mean, I mean, I mean, looking back, you know, a lot of those guys were deadlocked in on doing one thing, and they weren't going to do nothing else. And that was the way they was going to win. And you know, I think we get blinders on, and that's what we need to do. And and I was talking to somebody the other day about this. I said we we get so wrapped up in winning that we lose focus of hey. I need to make the 50 cut first before I can make the 12 cut. And I need to make the 12 cut before I can win. And so you got to, 
you know, there there's very few times in, in while you're fishing the tournament, you're like, I'm fixing this, knock it out of the park. I mean, you, you hardly ever get that feeling. And if you do, it usually doesn't happen. It's usually those tournaments where you know, it's kind of tough and you really feel like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to do any good or not, you know. So those are the ones that creep up on you and you win them. And you're like, well, that was, I didn't expect that to happen, you know. Right. Well, Wesley, man, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us, and uh, congratulations on your win. One with, you know, almost four pounds over Skeet Reese, and, uh, you know, Skeet's a tough angler, and uh, congratulations to you on your first Bassmaster Elite victory, and uh, we wish you the best of luck in 2018. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, well, um, before you leave, any sponsors you'd like to uh, thank before you hit the road? Oh, uh, you know, I, I you know, I gotta thank Hell's Construction, Ranger Boats, Evanrude Outboards, uh, Range Tungsten, McGuire's, uh, Marine and RV, Eagle Claw, Trocar, Zoom, Jackson Kayak, TH Marine, Blues, Lawrence. I could not do this without all those guys, and uh, they keep me out there and keep me throwing. So, gotta thank them. Let me hit you up real quick, man. You just said Jackson Kayak, correct? Yes, I did. What you what you taking from your kayak fishing? Uh, fishing. That's what I fish out of. I'll be honest. I don't even own a bass boat. I fish out of a kayak. I got a wilderness, but uh, I love it. Uh, I got a Kusa. I got a Kusa. I got a Kusa HD, and uh, man, I I really like it. I mean, it, it gets yeah, Kusa HD, and uh, it it you get back in touch. You know, I started out. You know, when I was a kid, I had a fourteen foot John boat. And I had that John boat until I was 16 years old. I, ne- I never had a trolling motor for it. Uh, when I was about 12, I think I got a six-horsepower Evinrude, but a paddle. We paddled. I mean, I fished and I paddled. And oh, that's yeah. how I learned to fish. And getting back in that kayak takes me back to when I was a kid, having to paddle around and figure stuff out without having a depth finder. You know, mine's a plain janer. I don't have a depth finder. I don't have a power pole on it. It's paddling fish, and it gets it just brings back so many memories when That's I was a awesome. kid. And you know, the, the kayaks that they have nowadays, man, they're so stable. Oh you yeah, can stand up in them. It's and you can carry a lot of tackle. You can put a cooler in it. You can put a Ryan cooler in it. It's you know, they're they're the Cadillacs. You know, so it, it like I said, it just gets you back to where it all began, and you don't forget it. And it's it's pretty fun that's awesome man well uh yeah i love fishing out of mine i mean it's i've i was in it a week ago and i did some bank fishing this past week myself but uh yeah it's definitely something about the kayak being that close to the water and it's pretty freaking cool to go up in them creek channels where a lot of bass boats can't go and it's pretty awesome it's amazing what you can catch in so shallow water. Where about, and I think the other thing too is you're not you don't have a trolling motor. There's nope. no, no you're not making any noise, and uh, you know your transducers not pinging and nope. stuff like that. You know I think it's just you, you so the stealth. There's so much stealth involved in that. You know. Well, Wesley, man, I appreciate you coming on with us tonight, and uh, thank you for everything you do. And um, again, congratulations on your win, and. Uh, Hopefully we can talk to you again in 2018. I hope you do too. I hope you get to talk to me real quick. How's yes, that? sir.
All right, guys, tonight's show is sponsored by Bucktail Johnny's. Bucktail Johnny is a revolutionary, one-of-a-kind fishing lure company, bringing you the most unique nature-infused baits money can buy. From buzz baits to skipping jigs, we really have it all. Not to mention our original five materials, six-layer skirt, made from deer tail, arctic fox fur, several colors of flash, a variety of features topped with three tabs of silicone skirt. So, if you're ready to catch more fish, quick second guessing, then go out get yourself some Bucktail Johnny Lures today. Guys, check them out. You can find them on uh, Facebook, Instagram, as well as their website, Bucktail Johnny's. Order yourself some today. All right, guys, we are back live with David Williams from the FLW Tour. Right now, he's down getting ready for the open that starts tomorrow on Lake Norman. How you doing, Mr. Williams? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Not too bad. Um, fairly local guy. Um, we're based right here in central Virginia, not too far north of you. Um, go ahead and give the viewers out there a little introduction as to who you are as a fisherman and all that. We've definitely all heard of you. Um, just tell us how it's going here lately. Well, I've uh, pretty well fished. I fished for a long time on like the uh, the BFL series and the and the Costa, and uh, I, I fished a lot of the opens and stuff throughout the years, and uh, which I qualified through the opens uh, about four years ago to fish the Elite series, and uh, fished it for three years, and and this year I crossed over to the FLW tour and and uh, starting to hit my stride pretty good and. And I uh, had a few good events this year and sitting in fourth place in the points right now with two events to go. So uh, pretty good, pretty good start to the year. So hopefully we can continue out. Awesome. And how's the fishing been this week? Um, I'm, 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 you can catch a lot of fish. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty happy with, with uh, a few things I found, but uh, it's actually pretty tough to catch for me to catch keeper size fish. Uh, a lot of the fish are pretty uh, pretty poor. Uh, seems like they've just come off the beds pretty recently, and and uh, so they don't they don't weigh a whole lot, and uh, uh, which I think is going to keep the weight down pretty good. Uh, there'll be a ton of fish caught. I mean, it's Lake Norman; it's full of fish, but uh, I, I just think the weights are going to be down just by the time we're uh, in time of year we're hitting the lake. I understand. I always hear when guys talk about Lake Norman and even having fished it some, um, there's always this great debate between weeding through the spotted bass to try and get five good ones or going out there and trying to get, you know, just five or six largemouth bites to try and boost a bag. What's your take on it this week? Um, I mean, the better bites I've had in, in for the most part have been largemouth. And, uh, I mean, that's what I'm going to try to key on, but but I mean, pretty much everywhere you go on the Lake Norman now, I mean, there's there's a pretty good mix. Um, so you can catch you can catch largemouth right in right in with the spots and you know doing the same thing. So um, I'm I'm just gonna try to catch whatever bites. I mean, and, and if I can get uh, you know get a good bag, we'll you know we'll work from there. But uh, see what happens. I got you. And without you know disclosing too much, are you focused mainly on a post-spawn pattern or are you still doing a little bit of bed fishing or what's your what's your strategy this week 
every, everything I've seen has been postponed. Um, I, I, I tried to look a little bit over the weekend, but, uh, seen a few on the beds, but most of them are gone. And, and, uh, there, there's, there's a little bit of shad spawn going, but it's, it's pretty much at night. I mean, it's got too hot and it's, it's very little during the daytime, if, if at all. And, um, so it's, it's kind of tough because the fish are feeding really heavy at night and, uh, they don't want to feed much during the daytime, the bigger fish. And they, they're just gorging all night on those shad. And, and as soon as it gets light, they just kind of pull it up there and hang it out. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so as far as, as fishing that goes, Lake Norman is a lot like the lakes that we fish around here. It's got a lot of rock and a lot of boat docks and the water's fairly clear. Um, how mm-hmm. does that set up different than, than say, you know, your typical reservoir that's a little bit dirty, something on the Tennessee River, a little bit farther south? Does that change the way that you fish it at all? or uh, You know, I, I, I kind of have the mindset, um, I, I go in with and fish my style everywhere I go. I, I try not to chase what everybody else is doing. Um, and I try not to, you know, get into the dock talk and, and, stuff like that and I just try to do what I'm good at and find find an area where they're biting the way I'd like to fish and, and roll with it and um, sometimes it you know it hurts me but you know when I find them doing something I like to do it, it pays off most of the time I gotcha and speaking of that you know you've been fishing big time tournaments for a long time you know back almost probably almost into the 80s um how was, have you changed the way that you fished over all those years competitively, you know, getting to the highest level in the sport and on both major tours? Um, have you changed as an angler or have you pretty much stayed the course? Well, you, you have to, you have to learn from your mistakes. I mean, if you don't, you're not going to get any better and you know, you have to fish around, you know, you have to fish around good competition and learn from it. And, um, but, uh, I mean, I, I try to, like I say, and I try to believe in what I do and try to be, try to be good and efficient at it. And, um, and, and I think that's the reason that's kind of helped me excel. I mean, through the years is, is I've done a lot of the same thing so many years that it, you know, it's helped me out. I gotcha. And transitioning from the elite series over to the FLW tour and even the opens. Um, some of my friends wanted me to ask, how does having a non-boater in some of these events change the way you fish? Does it, does it change it at all? Or does it just, you keep on going and he's just back there sitting? I, I like having a, I mean, you know, for the most part, I like having a co-angler. Um, it, um, you know, it puts another bait in the water and sometimes it can, you know, teach you something. Uh, when you just have a marshal, you know, it, it's nice to have somebody with you, you know, you can talk to them or whatever, but, uh, you're not learning anything else. I mean, that's, that's one thing I've learned is, uh, you know, the last three years, I, I haven't had anybody fishing with me pretty much on the elite series. And I come back over to the, uh, FLW side and, and got a co-anger now. And, and man, I, I've had several guys just, uh, working on me with this Ned rig and, and I'm like, Man, I've got to pick this up and start learning how to do it, you know, because <laughs> yeah. uh, guys are just wearing me out on it. It's not, you know, when it gets really tough. So, uh, but little things like that can 
can uh, can help you in the long run. Right. And you've been on on both tours so recently. Um, help us out a little bit of the great debate because me and my friends always have it at the bait shop, and everybody that bass fishes even a little bit always asks which which tour has more talent. Um, as far as as far as that goes, I, I think they both uh, are pretty equal. Uh, I think it, you know, probably the, the full field uh, in in bass is probably a little stronger, but um, you know, you got a lot more boats in FLW too. Right. Uh, the the top, you know, the top half of the fields are pretty equal. I think you you could take most of those guys and cross them over and. And they're going to sell any either one of them. I gotcha. And kind of spinning off that, I've heard guys say that, you know, you get into the Elite Series or you get into the FLW Tour, and it's an awesome amount of talent. But they say the Opens and, like, the Costa Series and even the BFLs, like you were talking about, those are harder tournaments to win because you're going up against the best locals that want to pay that entry fee that just live on the lake. Yeah. Is there any truth to that? Uh, I do see that some. I mean, especially. Uh, I mean, I think I think of it a lot when I go to Florida. I mean, because we always start in Florida every year, and and you you fish like a, a bass open in Florida, and there there'll be a hundred local sticks, you know, in that event. And uh, those guys, you know, they know how to fish grass because that's all they fish. And I fish right. it like four four times a year, maybe, and. Uh, so, so it is hard to compete with uh, with guys that just fish, you know, that style, and uh, so it is a lot harder to win, I think. And um, when you travel uh, the bigger tours, you know, you'll have uh, on like the FLW or Bass, you'll have probably four or five guys that have a lot of experience, maybe more, you know, depending on where you go, that have a lot of experience on a certain body of water, but you don't have. 70, 60, 70, or 80 guys that are, you know, that know that body of water. Right, right. And kind of even building off that a little bit, you've been at the highest level of the sport for, for several years and gone back and forth between the two tours and that kind of thing. Like, if you were talking to, like, a guy like me that's maybe fresh out of the college series or maybe just started doing the BFLs and is just trying to get into it, you know, at, let's say at like a semi-pro level, what advice would you give to that guy or that kid or maybe even that, that high school angler as far as to get better and maybe get to a point and get in a position where they could be a pro someday? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the best platform is, the you know, fishing the co-angler side. Um, you know, you can learn a lot, whether it's good or bad. You learn, you know, what, what to do and what not to do, basically, and and, uh, so that helps out tremendously just to, uh, to get your, you know, get your roots set. And, uh, and then, you, then you get, you'll be more comfortable, you know, crossing over to the boater side after you do that for a few years and, uh, have a better idea of, you know, of what's going on. Right. Right. As far as the versatility is concerned with being a pro, in your opinion, is it, versatility being able to take you know five or six things that you're good at and going all over the country and catching fish on them or is versatility knowing enough about everything to being able to do it a little bit to get by with does that make sense uh yeah uh, and i understand that because that's what i try to do 
uh, I try to take the, those five or six things and, and do them everywhere I go. Uh, and, and I don't want to, I'm not going to go, uh, I'm not going to go to a body of water. Say like we go up north. Uh, I'm not going to go up, I'm not going to go up north and beat guys that are, you know, uh, that, that drop shot all the time. I'm not going to pick up a drop shot and go out there and be able to beat them. Uh, only way I'm going to be able to hang in there with them is, is do my deal and figure out how to catch them. And, uh, so, you, so you have to, I think that's a, a big mistake I made early on is, is, is especially when I went up north, I really struggled because all you hear about, you know, everybody threw a tube, you know, you had to throw a tube. Well, you know, and, and it is, it is a different way to fish. So it, it took me a while to get the hang of it. And, uh, and figure out that I could just catch them the way I like to fish. And once I did that, I started doing better. So right, that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And this season, right now, you're right in striking distance of the FLW Angler of the Year. Um, does that, in the back of your mind, having that there, does that change the way that you fish the rest of the season when it comes to the FLW Tour, or you, do you just keep being the same way tournament by tournament? I mean, I'm just going out there and try to compete against the fish every tournament, try to catch all I can catch and as big a bag as I can catch. And it, and if you do that, it'll happen. And, you know, uh, I really, uh, I've had a couple of events this year that I, I felt like I really should be leaving. I mean, just uh, my, my Cumberland really comes to mind. Uh, the day one there, I had like six and a half pounds day one. And, uh, Day two, I went out and done exactly the same thing. I just couldn't catch them on day one for some reason. Went out and done exactly the same thing on day two and caught 16 and a half pounds. You know, it's like I was, I had a really good practice. I was on the fish. I mean, if I would have just caught anywhere close to, you know, day one, what I had day two, I would have, you know, been top 10 there instead of having my worst finish of the year in like 94th or something like that. So, um, but little things like that. You, you can't make mistakes like that and uh, and win, but um, you you got to capitalize on every you know you know every every chance you get. Right, and hell, because you're fishing the, the opens obviously, and you're fishing the FLW tour. How do you turn right around like you have Norman this week, and I think you all have Kentucky basically the next weekend right after. How do you transition, you know, back to back like that? Well, it's uh, it's been this is gonna make four weeks in a row for me, so uh, you know it's it's wearing me down a little bit. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go to Kentucky Lake and fish the way I like to fish, and and uh, and and just find all I can catch and and do the best I can do. I mean, it's uh, I'm not gonna treat it treat it different than any other lake I go to. Just I'm gonna get up there and put my head down and grind it out. And how how much does it matter at the at the pro level? You know, the elite series was just there last last week, and you're getting ready to go into what's going to be a similar pattern on the same lake next week. Does all the dock talk and footage and coverage of that tournament impact at all how you're going to fish at all? Or you know, when you've got these big square bills and swim baits and everything else coming into play, does that does that change at all what you what you think you want to do? Well, you know, I, I kind of hate to expose a lot of that stuff. You know, I mean, 
because I like to, uh, you know, I, I, I really like the shallow, shallow power fish and, uh, seeing it being one like that is going to put a lot more guys on the bank probably than it would have been if they wouldn't have fished there that week. So, right. uh, that's the only thing I kind of regret, but it is a huge lake. I mean, well, you got, uh, Barkley also. Right. And so either one of them can play and, um, so you got you got a lot of water to fish, and I mean, guys can really spread out, and, and um, you know, you, I'm sure sure somebody do good shallow. I, I think ours will transition more to the deep water bite as hot as it's getting. This, I mean, I've looked at the forecast, and it's supposed to be close to 90 about every day this weekend. So that's just going to keep pushing them out, just like it has on Norman. It's 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 moving fish quick, you know, here on Lake Norman this week. So. We'll just have to get there and see what, what happens. I gotcha. Um, it's getting a little bit later in the interview. Um, all the guys I talk to, I like to give um, like a shameless plug moment where you can say anything that you want to the listeners. Maybe thank your sponsors or you know tell a story, whatever you want to do. But let me give you a couple of minutes for that. Okay. Well, I just I mean you know I I can't do it without my wife, and my family, and and uh, you know but. Uh, the good Lord has blessed me and, and given me the ability to do this. And, uh, that's, that's what's most important in my life. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all impossible without him. But, uh, so, uh, you know, and just all my sponsors, everybody helping me out. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, an awesome, awesome, uh, opportunity to be able to do this and, uh, and just hoping I can continue to keep it going. And, uh, Having a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. Well, Mr. Williams, we appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Uh, I'm sure the viewers are excited to hear from you. Appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow. Hope you win on Norman, and hope you do awesome on Kentucky Lake next week. Hope you take home both trophies. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you, buddy. All right, guys. Don't forget, tonight's show is sponsored by Combat Wipes, a new brand for 100% biodegradable outdoor wipes. We love being outdoors while keeping nature and ourselves clean. From our combat experience to our outdoor adventure, Combat Wipes were designed by ex-military elite unit soldiers who also gained extensive experience in wet wipe production. All products are 100% biodegradable and dissolve completely after up to 90 days in soil or compost. Each pack of wipes is pocket-sized, incorporating a thick, square texture cloth with antibacterial soothing lotion. Each wipe is folded on its own, so no need to struggle with pushing back the next one. Products are designed for any outdoor adventure, from hiking to camping and fishing, also to the festi- for those who like the festivals. Four products are available. The Active for any outdoor activity. The Commando, a unique charcoal black cloth for special camouflage and night situations. The GAIA, Goddess of the Earth, a woman's hygiene wipe for the intimate hygiene anywhere. The Dry Out, body-sized dry disposable towels for drying off on any wet, muddy, or dirty situation. They're available on Amazon, guys. Go order you some.
All right, folks, we're back live on the BassCast.com. We've got the greatest name in the sport right now, Kevin Van Dam, fresh off a of win in Grand Lake. Kevin, how you doing this evening? Man, I'm uh, doing great. Let's say it, uh, it was a pretty special week there for sure. Because um, the people want to hear more from you than obviously they want to hear from me. So I guess I want you to start at the beginning. You know, you hear there's – Grand Lake on the schedule at the beginning of the year. How do you get ready for it? You know, how does Kevin Van Dam, as soon as he hears about the schedule, what do you do as far as research in a place like Grand? And how do you pre-fish it all the way through the end of the tournament where you catch that last fish and you pretty much know you got it locked up? You know, how do you process all that? Um, you know, I really don't get a chance to pre-fish anymore, but I've, I've got, you know, some busy there, especially – um, you know, from the Bassmaster Classic there, you know, which is a, earlier in the year for sure, much earlier, but kind of been a cold spring and, um, uh, you know, the, everything was a little bit behind, you know, from that standpoint. And, and then, you know, looking at the weather forecast for the week, I knew that it would be uh, pretty quickly uh, as far as the fish wanting to move up because just based on the time of the year, the staff are normally spawning there that time of year. Right. You know, with the conditions, you know, when I got there, the water temperature is 52 degrees, and you know, you know, 52 to 54, it's just too cold for for that. So, um, and the other thing, when I saw, got there, I saw the lake was dirtier than normal. Um, you know, normally it has color in it, but usually the lower ends are real clear. And I I thought, you know, with the forecast for the weekend with it being warm that it you know it'd be a lot of sight fishing going on and, and there would have been if the lake would have had you know better water clarity so so i just really focused on um looking for uh pre-spawn bass or you know, places where they would stage before they'd actually move uh, up and to the spawning pockets and things like that in the creeks and um the lake master mapping on that is really really good it, it's a you know it's a um Ozark Reservoir, similar to Table Rock or Bull Shoals or Lake of the Ozarks. It's probably closer to Lake of the Ozarks than any of them where, you know, it's got a lot of rock transitions, a lot of channel swings and things like that in these creeks. And, and that's what those, you know, bass in that region really focus on. So, you know, I, I knew from the time that I'd been there, you know, for the classics and as much side imaging as I've done, I've, I've found a lot of those areas um, mostly more towards the main lake, though, you know, because it's more winter time deal. But so I, I kind of had a idea of what to what to look for. Just kind of followed those same areas back in, and like I said, the Lake Master map really um, made a difference to make it a lot easier to to see a lot of those. And, and you know, it was intermittent for me. I caught a you know a handful of fish here and there, um, and I caught some good ones. But you know. Again, with the weather warming that I knew, I felt like more should be moving up to stage and um, that it'd get better. And, and most of the fish I, in practice that I caught, I caught either, you know, pitching a jig or, uh, or throwing, a, throwing a crankbait, mostly mostly throwing a crankbait. And I experimented with some other things, but I just, you know, I just knew what, what I had experience in, how I wanted to, uh, to if I could. I got you. How did the did they begin to transition at all? You know, over the four days of the tournament, did those fish move around at all, or were they just pulling into the areas you were fishing, or were you kind of following them around? 
No, they uh, it pretty much, you know, the first tournament day was, was kind of cloudy and, and windy, but it was warm. And, um, you know, the other is, is, you know, Saturday of the weekend was the full moon, too. So with the moon coming, with the water warming, you knew there was fish going to be moving up to spawn. And, and I just, you know, again, thought that as good as the guys are in the Elite Series, even though it was dirty, they'd find enough to sight fish for and, um, and you know, work them over and you know but it was just it was hard to see more than two foot and you know when the when the water's like that um gosh it's not going to spawn deeper than that so i knew you know in, in my mind it wouldn't be it wouldn't be sustainable for four days and you know the first day of the tournament you know i went out and you know right off the bat i made a choice of a starting spot and um you know i caught a five pounder right off the bat with fish and um, then I lost a good one and then I caught a, a another, another, you know, four and a half or five pounder and, and really caught a limit. You know, I probably had 18 pounds or, or better in the first 30 minutes. So I knew then that, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty solid. And, you know, I was just mixing the jig and a, and a crankbait up just, you know, I'd only throw the jig behind the boat docks that are there. I mean, there's a lot of boat floating docks with cables and stuff over a lot of those rock transitions. So um, I knew those fish would, you know, not be under the docks when they're trying to spawn. They're going to be around the corners and the edges and the backside. So I'd skip the jig behind them and then just bring bait in between them as best I could. And, and um, you know, it, it, it was a, ended up being a pretty good day. You know, I, like I said, had such a good start that it allowed me to, to fish a lot of other areas and that, and, you know, I ended up, you know, catching a, you know, 20 plus pound bag and, uh, I don't remember where I was at at the first day, but a pretty good, pretty good place. And, and that gave me confidence as fast as it happened. And, um, you know, the, the, the next two days, it was the same way. I mean, I caught them pretty good and, you know, right off the bat, it seemed like in the morning, they'd really bite that crankbait good. Um, you know, they were just eating it and, and, uh, you know, it wasn't a hard deal at all to, to, to catch some quality fish right off the right off the get go, and so when you get off to a great start like that, you know you got 18 or 19 or better, you know even 20 pounds in in the first hour, um, it, it makes the rest of the day go pretty easy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, one of the things a lot of our listeners wanted me to ask: Grand Lake is kind of like some of the lakes we have around here, because uh, we're in Central Virginia, and our home lake is kind of uh, would basically be Smith Mountain, uh, where you've won before. Um, but the lakes like that, those big rocky reservoirs, a lot of it all looks the same. All the chunk rock looks the same, all those riprap banks, all those docks. How do you break down where you're going to start? I know you've talked some about the mapping earlier, but what are you looking for on those maps that sticks out in your mind as places that you want to start and look at? Well, you, you want to look for places, um, you know, based on that time of year, you know, when the fish are staging to spawn, that are going to have some protection from, um, from wind and waves. And that have, you know, the contour lines that change, you know, the Lake Master mapping, you know, HD mapping, and I know some mountains mapped on Lake Master too. I mean, it just spells that out um, very easily. So, you know, once you get into some of those pockets or bays, you can just see where the contour lines change. I mean, it shows the, you know, the creek channels and everything. So on the ends of each of those, you know, where it flattens out on each end is, is kind of a prime staging spot for a pre-spawner and a place where they just move up and, and, um, and spawn at both. So, 
you know, that's the kind of stuff you look for. And that's, you know, when I fished there at Smith Mountain, it was kind of the tail end of the spawn when I won out there. And, um, and it was the same thing, you know, it was, a, it was kind of a mix of chance spawn and, and uh, a sight fishing a little bit, fishing for close spawn cruisers. Um, but it was the same types of areas, you know, those kind of secondary points and creeks and things like that. And, and uh, you know, turns, uh, you know, on the, at the corners of flats and things like that, where those contour lines change. Okay. And you, you know, talking this pre-spawn fishing, you're awesome with the spinner baits. You're awesome with the crank bait, obviously, and awesome with the jerk bait and that kind of thing. How do you determine which one of those you're going to throw? You know, they're all classic pre-spawn baits along with the lipless. How do you break down which of those baits you're going to throw at what particular body of water? Um, you know, it's just one of those things for me that it's probably the water clarity and the cover is more than anything, um, what you're going to, um, I'm watching, I'm getting ready for a turkey hunt and there's a big Tom in my backyard. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. <laughs> but, but no, so, you know, um, clear water, a jerk isn't so good because you can, they can see it from farther away and, um. Uh, it's just one of those deals that you can you can definitely uh, trigger a lot of bass with, and it's great for you know anywhere from five to you know ten foot with it. With grass and that, a lipless crankbait's hard to beat. Rocky lakes, you know, our bills are are good, and if you got a lot of laydowns and cover or bushes and things like that, so you know it just depends on on the the cover and water clarity. The dirtier the water, the important it is bait that. Um, gives off vibration and noise and sound. And we're going to be more focused on the bottom. The clearer the water, you can put it higher in the water column. And, um, you know, that's when spinnerbait can be then too. And, um, you know, spinnerbait can, can be one of your go-to deals. So, I gotcha. And then I want to shift gears for a second. When you went at that level, you know, when you cut your $100,000 check and you got a tournament again the next week, you know, you just want on – grand you basically have one day to get to kentucky how does the the craziness that comes with winning how does that impact how you prepare for the next one um it's a you know it's, it's you know a, a little bit of a challenge where i had a, quite a few i had an advisory board meeting and stuff to, to get there and i had a lot of media commitments and things like that so it was um it was, it was a little bit of a challenge but i ended up not having a, a good tournament at kentucky lake and it's not for any reason other than the fish were just in a weird, you know, transition there where they're, you know, they, a lot of them had come up and, and just, and uh, they weren't out, you know, moving out to ledges and stuff. They're there. They're very current oriented and they go to current pretty quick. And, you know, it was just, boy, I've just, I really just missed it there from a, All right, guys, tonight's show is sponsored by Bucktail Johnny's. Bucktail Johnny's is a revolutionary, one-of-a-kind fishing lure company, bringing you the most unique nature-infused baits money can buy. From buzz baits to skipping jigs, we really have it all. 
Not to mention our original five materials. Six layer skirt made from deer tail, arctic fox fur, several colors of flash, a variety of features topped with three tabs of silicone skirt. So if you're ready to catch more fish, quick second guessing, then go out get yourself some bucktail johnny lures today guys check them out you can find them on uh, facebook instagram as well as their website bucktail johnny's order yourself some today all right guys we hope you enjoyed tonight's show man what a show it was brother oh, bruce definitely as you guys, oh, it was, it was. You guys tell me, you know, Bucktail Johnny's want to appreciate them for sponsoring last couple of episodes of Basscast Radio, as well as our boys with Combat Wipes. Please go check them out after the show we put it together. We'll put the show up on the website. We'll have a clickable link where you guys can actually go purchase their products, check out their website. And see what these two great companies are all about. If you'd like to sponsor BassCast Radio, please just email me at brian at thebasscast.com or either just message us on Facebook and I will get up with you and uh, we'll talk a little business. But we'd love to have you as a sponsor of uh, BassCast Radio. And um, thank you. Thank you for sponsoring this awesome, awesome show. Plus, we want to thank... Yeah, and you can also get up with you on... Uh, and you can also get up with you on Instagram and message the BassCast also. Yep, he messaged us right there as well. We want to thank our um, special guest tonight, Wesley Strader, Kevin Van Dam, and FLW Pro David Williams for coming on the show and talking to us. Really re- appreciate that. You guys can tell I we're splitting the um, interviews up a little bit. Want to thank Sky for uh, Riggleman for uh, doing the interviews with uh, Kevin as well as David. So special thanks to him for helping the Bass cast out, and um, it's just good to have a different uh, different view, I guess you can say, and different interviewing process, and so it's pretty cool. So thank you to uh, Sky for that. Really appreciate that. So as we were oh, speaking, as we were speaking earlier, guys, don't forget about the Virginia Tech event coming up, uh, Smith Mount Lake, May the twentieth, six thirty to two p.m. is that is the time on that event. Come on out and support the local Hokie bass fishing team, and uh, make sure, like me and Bruce were saying earlier, make sure you guys follow the Basscast on Facebook as well as Instagram because we do post um different events that are taking place on there and if you like to share or um if you got an event coming up email me brian at thebasscast.com or just message us on facebook or instagram and we'll get it up and uh we will share it for you or hit guys. me up or hit bruce up either way so we'll get it up on the website we'll get it up on the facebook page and we'll share it with all of our followers so But we hope you guys enjoyed. We hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show, and um, thank you to everyone. And uh, we look forward to talking. Look forward to talking to you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah, definitely. Y'all have a great evening. Don't forget, do yourself a favor, take a kid fishing. 
make a memory to last a lifetime. That's right. And, um, you know, we're getting into the hot summer months here pretty soon. It got pretty warm this weekend. Don't forget to drink your water, take your sunscreen, and most important of it all, wear your life jacket. Please always have your life jacket on. Be safe out there, everybody. But, Definitely um, be safe. One last thing before we go, man, if you guys like to be a part of uh, BassCast Radio, be a special guest on BassCast Radio, just message us. It's simple, easy. Hit us up, and um, we'd love to have you guys on. And, um, you know, it, it ain't got to be – it's got to be fishing-related. But, I mean, you can be a tackle retailer, or you can be, you know, heck, a pro, a local pro. You know, just hit us up, and we'd like to have you on, and want to say thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Definitely thank all of our listeners, because without y'all, we're nothing. That's right. Thank you, thank you, and um, we hope you guys have a great week, and we'll be talking to you soon. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to BassCast Radio, the best in local and national bass fishing. For more episodes, go to Spreaker.com slash BassCastRadio or like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BassCastRadio and follow us on Twitter at BassCastNews. pages from a magazine been looking for the answers ever since we were 17 you know the truth can be a weapon to fight this world of ill intentions a new answer to the same question how many times will you learn the same lesson When I need to send cash fast, the Western Union app is my go-to. And now you can send up to $500 for a $5 fee worldwide. All you have to do is download the app, choose the pay in cash option, then come in and pay at a participating Western Union agent location. Download the Western Union app today.